So Google's got a new app on the Mac App Store. Oh, Have yeah, the Google Plus app, right? It's on my computer. Oh, wait, I thought it was Google Chrome. Oh, Google Chrome? Yeah, I thought it was Google Chrome. Oh, yeah. Because so, when you launch the thing, it says Chrome in the corner. You could start a new tab. We noticed this. We were sitting there, and that was so... I, I was blown away. So let me get this straight, just to make sure. If you download the Google Plus app from the Mac App Store and run it, you get a Google Chrome window. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Like, I started laughing when I saw that, and I was like, come on, Google. Like, why would you even do that? What's the point? This is weekly download episode number... Eight? Eight. We're Episode eight. number eight. Yeah. Fantastically, we are pleased to announce that we have been featured on New and Noteworthy for the past week or so, and that's all thanks to you. So we're really terrifically glad. and Keep on rating us. That's, just that's keep on rating us. On iTunes, you'll notice you can do a star rating if you're signed in, so please go ahead and do that. And if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Please. We are also on Twitter, Weekly D, and on Facebook as well. Feedback on any of those mediums, we'd love to hear. So, this week's top download is the patent bonanza that it's we've insane. been hearing about all this week. I mean, I think it kind of basically started from Mark Cuban's post on patents where he says two things should be completely abolished. One of which being software passion patents. So, a patent on a software or something, some sort of software interface, those patents shouldn't exist anymore. Right, and... I mean, I kind of see the point in that, but at the same time, I, I see both sides of it. And we had this discussion a little bit earlier, but I thought we'd save a little bit of it for the podcast. We were discussing the fact that, I mean, I see where companies are worried about intellectual property, but I see Cuban's point too. Like how you, some of these things are so finicky and so small and it just becomes a game of money more than it does about intellectual property. Well, it certainly has a game of money because even though the intellectual property may be found by someone like you or me, if Apple has the money, they'll buy it from you or me, and all of a sudden, it becomes their idea. Exactly, but it uh, wasn't their idea. That anyway. fundamentally, that concept of being able to buy and sell patents seems completely inane. Insane. It seems ridiculous. Like, if I come up with an idea, then that idea should be mine. And it's kind of like saying you can buy a piece of my brain. Like, I could cut out a little bit of it and say, here you go, this is my piece of my brain. So it doesn't make sense that patents would work the same way, because... It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we all know whose idea it was. It was Apple's idea to put multi-touch. Well, I think that part of this is, I mean, something we talk about regularly in the informatics department or we talk about in computer science departments is how slow government is to react to technology. I mean, patents may have worked in the 1800s, the early 1900s, but the more and more we get technological with things and the more and more we deal with software, the, the less applicable it becomes. Well, going by that argument, then, you would think that the government or whatever agency, the United States Patent right, Office, patent would office. be quick with you would think. turning around. Or being able to find things. But that's another problem with the patent system is the office is slow and inefficient. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, I've tried searching for patents before. There are hundreds of patents with the word social media in it. Yeah, I mean, or multi-touch, you could probably find hundreds on that. Like, it's it's impossible, I think, to with software to, to really get a grasp as to what counts and what doesn't. So I think, and then the second, the other kind of patent that Mark had a beef with was process patents. So anything that is doing of the x that requires this certain y patents written like that should not exist according to mark and those to me seem a bit more nuanced than say the uh the patents that are on software i think some software patents make sense because these are original ideas that could be implemented in numerous iterations of hardware that apple wishes to provide right. like the multi-touch but process patents are implemented with anyone's stuff yeah. so then you're saying well if I do something that uses Photoshop and I come up with an idea out of that doing something, 
then I could get sued, and I have no idea why. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I'm just trying to use this person's software, and here comes big, you know, Nortel or whoever, Adobe, or, or, yeah. or whoever, uh, who was the patent troll of recent. Um, the patent, I mean, the company uh, that was suing all the, well, the company that was suing all the app developers, the uh, iPhone app developers. Uh, Lotus or something. Lo yeah, yeah, Lotsis. Lotus. Lotus. So here comes right. Lotsis, who yeah. happens to have this obscure patent from, like, five years ago and says, oh, we thought of that idea before, a generic e-commerce website that had point and buy and everyone click. and his brother could have thought of i, I mean, mean or in-app purchasing i mean obviously these are evolutions of products but that they begin from the original ecosystem of the product that apple developed right so i mean these are these two things that are really in contention with a lot of the development community and the whole concept of patent squatting or trolling it, it's a big problem and i'm glad that people are speaking out about it but i think we've heard this broken record you know several oh, times over and over again I, I think it's i think it's cool in the case of lotsis that apple's really stepped it up to help their developers i mean right and it's trying but at the same time apple's quite the uh little uh, legal lawsuit with patents these right now anyway exactly they're buying uh, they're buying patents left and right but exactly. also you know they're trying to stop people i mean it's not like apple's the knight in shining armor here when we talk about samsung for example exactly you know they are barring the sale of the galaxy tab which to be fair looks exactly like an ipad yeah, I without mean, a home I, button I, I give apple that one like that's that one's i don't even know why so, samsung did that. so apple is saying to samsung well you're not allowed to sell your product in australia and the european union with the exception of the netherlands but apparently they're trying to get rid of that too yeah. so and if that proves to work out then who's to say that the u.s is dominated as well and then before you know it the only tablet that anyone could possibly buy i mean this is just a start but to think about it you've got the touchpad you've got other software and hardware based tablets yeah, i saw where they look. were thinking about going after the zoom like Motorola. Exactly. so i mean there's the second biggest one so is that fair is apple protecting its intellectual property or being a bully well i mean in the case of samsung the fact that i read where samsung had a 10.1 tab that it was getting ready to release so when apple released the ipad 2 it said whoa we're going to stop we're going to back up our delay or we're going to back up our process a little bit and we're going to wait and we're going to release a new tablet which interestingly enough looked identical so you so so do you find it admirable that they stopped or does it even matter? I guess it doesn't even matter. If I they just didn't don't know why they didn't anything. like. I mean, if they didn't change anything, great. But it, from what I sounded like, they decided they were gonna make some modifications, and those modifications made it look identical to the iPad too, essentially. And you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, when you are an incumbent in any sort of you know software or hardware industry. You're going to have stuff copied off of. That's just the way it is. I yeah, mean, I mean, when you're good at you're something, number one. The first... when you're when you're good at something, there's going to be duplicates. So I think, you know, my 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 position is man up, and accept the fact that you're Apple. You can come up with more ideas. The world has many more ideas. There's many more things to be innovated on. Big deal. And you're you still know? selling more product than I mean, Samsung could even think about selling. I think that there are just some patents that just shouldn't flat out exist i think that's the bottom line oh definitely i think one that recently got me was um that google apple and several others partnered up together to stop i forget which company it was but microsoft wouldn't get in on the joint deal so then all of a sudden google turned around and is is uh suing microsoft it's just petty yeah that, it that sounds was like the it most sounds like we're all little kids it. arguing yeah. about something and it needs to stop but to so. the tune of millions of dollars well but, okay, okay, really rich little kids. Like yeah. if everyone was richy rich and fighting with each other, yeah. that's what this would be. Exactly. All right. So patents, you know. Okay, I'm done talking about them. I, I'm I'm done. I'm done even linking to them. I, I'm sick of them. I mean. So whatever. Yeah.
All right. So I mean, the touchpad. That's so you've uh, you know you've I was fascinated about the by the device. What do you think? I, I liked it. I really did. But I, I think it's done. I made that article a couple of days ago. Uh, pricing. I I think when you see a device that doesn't really even know what it's priced at at this point, like so a lot of people said, you know, Keteris Paribus with price. Would you still buy the touchpad? Uh, I plan to play with the device, and no, now I wouldn't buy it okay. now that I've driven it. So, so to speak. why is it failing? Just if you had to sum it up in, a, in a two sentences. The software was extremely buggy. I found the device to be slow. There was a, there was a lockup. I've never had a tablet lockup on me before. I've had the iPad lockup oh, a few times. I, I never had my iPad 2 lockup. Okay, so you're saying the software. Yeah, but the hardware is good. It seemed all right. It so for three ninety nine, what can you get today? Uh, you could get 16 gigabytes. You'd get webOS. You'd get a device that interacts really well with the, the pre. But again, the software still feels like it's lacking. So how's the App Store? Uh, I, I think you're getting around 200 or 300 apps, or under 1,000, I know that much. So okay. you've got 25,000 apps with Apple, 26,000, something like that. So in conclusion, it's just lacking all around the, the, the environment several around key it. areas. Yeah, the environment around it is lacking. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, if there was any firm that would really come out with a tablet to really stand up to, against Apple, I don't think it's HP. I think HP, they made a good move by acquiring Palm, and I think it's a great expansion into a different market. And it's a market that everyone needs to penetrate. I mean, the tablet market's going to be huge. Right. But there are bigger markets out there. There's the mobile phone market in general. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at two markets well that are, market there are two markets that, to me, are surging. And that's the mobile phone market, which will always surge. And then, interestingly, this new market, which we're going to talk about, uh, I guess we could talk about that now, um, the Ultrabook market. Right, with Intel and so, development. I mean, literally, you've got big companies like Apple saying to Intel, you're chips suck up too much power and if you don't innovate fast we're not, we're not buying from you we'll make your own chip and to be honest with you i don't i don't i think intel's not going to be able to catch up i think intel's got a lot of core business and other feature key areas it's hard for them to innovate where apple wants like one company to say let innovate here so i, I see intel's side of it but. i think but but i think at the end of the day you've got apple that can make you know samsung a5 a6 a8 chips, you know, right. whatever A letter you want. And, you know, Samsung at the up. moment until, I mean, they make them so angry that they're not even going to buy chips from them. So do you think they're going to ditch Samsung with all this fighting? No, I mean, I, I'm joking, of course. But well, it, but it, I it, don't it, know. I mean, it's not well, that reasonable or unreasonable to say. There was an article posted, I think, on Mac Rumors two days ago, two or right. three days ago, where LG wasn't making quality displays, so they were having trouble with their displays, so they ramped up their their buying of samsung displays which well, made me chuckle a little bit well my in my macbook air i use an L, I have an lg display so it turns out these macbook airs have not only lg displays and samsung displays mm -hmm. but you could also have a samsung solid state drive or a uh not not lg but uh toshiba oh yeah yeah so so supposedly the quality machine to some people was the samsung display and samsung hard drive now well, i have I the lg the display drive made a difference because of the like buffer speed or something yeah the like speeds that. but the display i mean come on I, there's really no big deal I, I a lot of people gripe about this display but i'd say it gets pretty bright and i don't I've, have a I've looked at your computer it. it looks fine i mean i think that you're getting to like really severe fanboyism at that point exactly you... and, but i mean going back to where we were earlier i think ultimately the market that we're going to see you know continue to expand i still think is the smartphone market i mean right now today we're at around 20 percent in the world that owns a smartphone right but in the you know in the whole world in the next ten years, fifty percent of people are going to. I think that's a fairly accurate. I, I think that that's a good estimation. I mean, just based on growth and the trajectory of you know the market and the space in general, I just think that 
ultimately, you know, it's apps. Apps are the thing. People go to apps to do things. People have specific tasks that they want to complete on a phone that they don't want to pull out their computer for. Right. But these ultra books are an interesting sort of, you know, argument against the smartphone surge in that people still want a laptop. And that's what I talked about in my piece about, you know, cutting the keyboard. You know, I used an iPad for months. I remember you said six months or something Six like months, that. and I that. tried to just completely, you know, whole hog, just try and use it. And I, I hated it I for production. Mean. It's a consumption device. It's not a production device. I've said that time and time again. And so... And I find myself carrying my laptop most of the time with me. Right, and this laptop's buggy. I mean, bulky. And yeah. you said yourself, if you had the chance to buy a MacBook Air, you would do would, it. I probably would, yeah. I, and I think that the 11-inch ones are a little bit unwieldy for me, given that they're kind of small screen, though they have the higher, like a really nice high yeah, right. resolution display. Right. But the smallness of the keyboard, that does it for me. And I need a quick, you know, the chiclet keyboards that Apple uses is top-notch. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I'm all, I've always been a fan. And with those keyboards, plus the great displays, plus the portability of Ultimate, you know, the Ultrabook model, it just makes sense that I would want to use this machine. I don't play a whole lot of games. I think I play... Knights of the Old Republic when I have the chance. And See, that, I don't game at all, so that's why I was like, the MacBook Air is perfect for me. Right. So it, it makes sense that there's this Ultrabook push, I think, at the end of all days. But, you know, it will it will be interesting to see if Intel can catch up. I, I don't see I, I'm weary for Apple's sake that Intel won't be able to catch up, and they'll, they'll be happily, happy, ready to ditch them. I mean, the one thing about Apple that you always have to look at is how they deeply integrate the supply chain so they can control every yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah. You know, from the manufacturer to the distribution to the end user, they control the whole process. Right. And any sort of chink in that chain, like requesting Intel to make things, like telling Samsung to make displays, I mean, that's old That's old news for Apple. Apple feels like, well, we might as well just do everything. Move on and we do can. it ourselves, yeah. They have the cash and money the to resources, build. The resources, period, I mean. And the resources and the com co core competencies to know how to do this and just acquire left and right manufacturing companies. Right. And I, I think that we're going to see more of that. I, I'm extremely impressed by Apple and their ability to do things like that. Right. So you were said something about apps a few minutes ago. But, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Nintendo. And we talked about them last week or two weeks ago. And uh, how they really have it wrong with the 3DS and how it's not about hardware anymore, it's about software. It just hurts my head. I, I, I can't use the thing. I know. My, you, you know, my, my, uh, my, my dad brought my little brother. Uh, he, oh, I, I guess I shouldn't be saying this on the air. I'll keep it a secret. But anyway, let's just say a certain someone bought a 3DS for someone who probably should not be playing with this thing because it hurts your head. It literally just, it's mind-numbing. I want to go to the store and try one. I might do that tomorrow, even you just, to, really, just to see. If you I... do, just bring some ibuprofen. Not kidding. Or turn the 3D off. All right. I think the games themselves are pretty nice, and they're they're coming out with the Star Fox one supposedly. I, I so, saw that. Yeah. You know the old, you know the nostalgic element in me says this is awesome, but the fact of the matter is they've cut their price down to 170 now, and Nintendo. So you were going to say? I mean, the yeah. next topic on our, you know. Big, huge docket. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we about. do have a lot to talk about. So, is, uh, but but it's the investor pressure. App Store development. So Nintendo, If you, I don't know if you uh, listeners knew this, but Nintendo tried to put, a, like Pokemon, the company who makes Pokemon, right. tried to make an app. Which is separate from Nintendo. It's now of. separate. Yeah. They're, they're owned by a different company. They, they tried to come out with an app for the App Store, and Nintendo cease and desisted them and said, no, you can't do that. 
but investors are now saying you need to get on the App Store. And I've said this before too. I, I don't know if it's on this podcast or I've just said this with discussions with other people who develop or know about the consoles. Consoles are very limited. They only do one thing, and that's to play games. I mean, you've got some consoles that connect to the internet, do these kind of live versions or multiplayer things. 360 is changing. Both networks are doing that. But at the end of the day, people want a device that does everything everything in their hand, and that includes games. So if Nintendo's not pumping out apps, that's a huge, huge hole in the gaming space today that they're just not being a part of. I mean, that's their whole purpose. Basically, Even Microsoft games. has an Xbox mobile app. PS3, PlayStation has a PlayStation right. Home yeah. app. They don't play games, but they the companies that make here. games for them, like Sega, has re-energized and revamped their whole model to make apps for the App Store. And I mean, people, Nintendo needs to realize, like me, for example, I just mentioned that I don't game at all. I, I take that back. I've done a little bit of gaming on the iPad. I just, I, I found the graphics to be interesting. There are a few games that I play that I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like FIFA, I really like soccer. So I well, found the FIFA game to be fantastic. And why I paid is that? $10 for and why, it. why is it that you game on the iPad? Because I mean, I've got my, when I've got some time to kill, I've got a device that I can take with me wherever I go. And it's, it's does everything else too. I would not just carry a 3DS or a Nintendo pocket, whatever you call it. And that's exactly that. The fact of the matter is the iPad is a device that, for casual gamers, is perfect. Because right. I can just turn on the app, play it for a while. Okay, I'm bored. Let me multitask. Let me Google. It's like the ultimate ADD machine. Exactly. But with when it comes to the you know iPad in specific, you know it's got a big screen. It's got really nice sound. It's got a high-quality display. That's all that matters for the casual gamer. If you want to play a PlayStation game, you have to set aside time. You have to say, well, okay, I'm going to play an hour or two on the PS3 for a while. And then some people, you know, the... Right crazy gamers like to stay up all night with their headsets in and that one play. guy i mean died recently from sitting for too long so, i didn't hear about that oh yeah some guy played xbox for like days straight and he got some kind of hip problem and ended up dying and just philosophically i mean like isn't this better i i think like it's great casual I mean, gaming yeah but i mean even nintendo i think is missing the mark on the not casual gamer because the serious gamer is not going to want a nintendo wii or a nintendo 3ds so they're not even hitting that market to be honest you're with totally you. right like they're just they're in this weird space that they don't they shouldn't be in like because it's it's a foolish place to be. So I think you know if, I think that the console other console gamers are waking up. I think it's Apple. It's it's Nintendo's turn to. Right. Well, the Nintendo CEO said as long as he's in charge, there won't be an app store. So we'll see how much longer shareholders let him be in we'll charge. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Hey, email. What yeah. do you know. We got to turn that off. Okay. So anyway. okay. So I mean another another one of those goofy. Uh, Goofy things that just probably shouldn't happen to begin with. Walmart and the MP3 store. Is it really not something that should have happened? I mean, we love competition here. Yeah, I but I mean, love competition. Amazon, I, I could see that. They're an online retailer. That's that's what they do. So is Walmart. I, I mean, kind of. Well, they've got stores. That, if Amazon, okay, let me put it this way. Amazon has warehouses. The only thing that you can't do on Amazon is go into a warehouse and buy from there. That's the only difference between Walmart and Amazon. They both have cheap stuff. They both sell everything. So True. I think that Walmart makes sense to be a direct competitor, especially since they knew they had an opportunity to penetrate the space back in the day. Because there was a time where Walmart was a serious competitor, right. and so I was mean, Amazon. And I just think that ultimately, it's all about marketing. And this is the one big thing that you have to look at when it comes to the Google versus Apple argument. Google versus Apple, that argument is, well, who can code stuff better? Who can make better stuff? Amazon and Apple is who can market the stuff that they have 
Right. And, and who can come out with, and who can say that my product is better? Even though it may not be. Even though it may not be the superior one. Who's making the correct stuff? So when you look at, when you know, using that analogy, when you look at Walmart and versus Amazon versus Apple, who has the better selection of MP3s and who doesn't care what selection they have and just says, well, we have the better store. So in both cases, Apple won. Right. But I mean, really, you know, Walmart had the better prices. They had cheaper stuff. And they had DRM-free stuff long before anyone else tried to do that. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you looked at all three of them like you just did, Amazon would certainly, I think, win the catalog and the price strategy. Well, maybe, sometimes. I think back in the day, they weren't winning the price so much as, say, Walmart. Right. But today, now, especially with, you know, applications out there that, uh, you know, I mean, not applications, but music companies and, like, music deals that they do where they sell albums for 49 cents and stuff. Right. That's unbeatable. Yeah, but Amazon has that, like, 99 cent thing they'll do every now and then. Like, I know they sold that Lady Gaga album for 99 cents that, like, people went crazy over. Right. And I sadly shouldn't admit this, but I bought it because it was 99 cents. Wow. I, I felt like you, my music collection got... You saw Gloria you Gaynor a la- You bought... Yeah, you do have Gloria Gaynor on your iTunes. I can't believe that. I wish we had a fail button, like a big yeah, one. Yeah, like a big spin. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, well. I mean... I will survive. That's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. It's it's all right. I'm not going to sing today. I've still been getting heat for the pterodactyl For the pterodactyl Yeah. yeah. I, I've learned never to, never to do that. Uh, well, yeah. and speaking of Amazon having the greatest prices in the world we got ebooks so it's interesting because there's recently been a suit that i linked to that had to do with apple supposedly colluding with all of the publishers in the book world and saying hey you guys need to make it this price this price makes more sense because it makes you money and apple's only going to take you know this amount of money from you you can have 70 percent amazon says you know what we're going to do we're going to buy your book at whatever price you want to set it at, go right ahead. Man, your iCloud really sucks. I, I know. I wish yeah. Apple... We need to get Steve Jobs here for uh, for an interview. Yeah. So if he's ever listening, he come keeps, fix my iCloud. On, on Chris's computer here, he keeps getting an error about an iCloud sync. There's a there's a file missing. It's actually sitting in my trash can. I'd probably just sort of drag it to the desktop, let it do its sync. You could have then, solved that problem. Yeah, like days ago. Hmm. Interesting. So it doesn't sync from the trash then? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, anyway, ADD moment. Okay, so... So basically, you've got Amazon that's trying to, you know, buy books from the booksellers and saying, well, we bought it, so now it's ours, so let's sell it for whatever we want. And that's an interesting, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a subtle difference between the two. Apple saying, you set the price, we're just a storefront. Yeah, Amazon a saying, yeah. we are a reseller of whatever you have. So we're going to buy your distribution, or we're going to buy your product, and then we're going to sell it for whatever we want to sell it And for. undercut, basically, right. whatever's happened. And that's not making, apparently it's not making the booksellers any money, but really it's making whatever the booksellers want to make. Exactly. But I, the I problem that... with the model is that if Amazon decides to buy a book from one publisher, that's the same book that another publisher is working with or something like that. And then you've got these two books that are out in the wild. One's one, one, one price, one's the other price. And Amazon can do whatever they want. They can set it equally. They can do what and they can do, they can not. So... And I'm not saying it's going to be the exact book because an ex- a book typically works with one publisher. But I'm saying two books of a similar type, like the dummies versus the idiots guides. Yeah. So that are pretty much the same to any anyone else. I mean, unless you're a hardcore dummies or idiots guide fan, you'll buy one. You'll buy. They're you're always going to buy the same. Yeah. So if I wanted to buy one on on Java, for example, 
then I would go into the Amazon store and Amazon would have supposedly one price, but that one price would be from the cheaper publisher. Right. And and it would be cheaper for Amazon because Amazon could make it cheaper because they make more of an overhead. So that that profit gap is varying depending on what Amazon's doing. Depending Whereas Apple's saying, let's make it fixed and let's collude it. Ultimately, Apple's uh, pretty much won that battle and pretty with the publishers anyway. Meanwhile, Amazon's basically saying, well, we're just going to not use the distribution model of the Apple Store and not take the 70-30 at all and just make it a HTML5 storefront and whatever. Hey, I mean, forget just it. To nothing, if nothing else, undercut Apple and keep selling the Kindle. So what do you think about this? I, I, I think that if Amazon has the resources to do it and they're still making money on their Kindles, why not? If there's any company that can sell books and sell media and do anything on it's Apple. It's got to be Amazon. And that could, that, that's not Apple, by the way. Non-Apple company. Yeah, right, right. So non-fruit company. That would be Amazon. And, you know, I think Amazon's got a pretty good foothold in the publishing industry. And hopefully the publishers don't pull out entirely and say, oh, we like Apple more. I don't it's, see that happening. It's very interesting that Steve knew that this was going to happen, almost uncannily, in the interview that he had with Walt Mossberg. Basically said, well... Don't worry, people will buy from us because Amazon can't make money that way, and they can't, you know. Eventually, the publishers eventually, won't be happy. yeah, they'll have to they'll have to change. And I, I was going to say that very thing, and I mean, Steve had already addressed it a little bit. Like Amazon can certainly use this as a hook to sort of get get the publishers pulled in, and then try to change the method. But that might make them angry enough to just say, "Well, we're just going to Apple." Period. But just fundamentally, how much would you pay for an ebook? Have you bought ebooks? I have. I usually pay five ninety nine to nine ninety nine, and I, I've not bought very many of them because there's something about like, we had this discussion about ebooks in the past, and I had this discussion earlier today with someone about this, the the physically holding it in your hand. Like, there's something different about holding a book. I mean, if you buy, like I buy J W Rensler's The Making of Star Wars whatever episodes, right. these are like hundred and fifty page books. They're really great reads, and they're full pages like. I think tabloid size pages and they're full color with like I remember you saying really rich like... really rich really rich content stuff you can't get it from an ebook. I mean if you're looking for a book that you can read on the beach like a thousand books to read right. on the beach and you don't care about illustrations then hey ebooks are definitely for you. What do you think about the ones on the tablets? Well, the ones on the tablets don't really make any difference, right? If you buy an iPad ebook, it's really just a book on brown parchment paper. Well, I mean, and, they have, like, media-rich style books. I, well, I think you only find those, really, in if it, if the book is an app. So you, you've noticed how, like, booksellers will make apps for their books. Right. And and it becomes more of a... It becomes more of an interactive book for that right. one book than, say, on, you know... So Chris is pulling up, you know, a few of his books in his library. So what's one with illustrations? Like, what are you talking about when you say uh, I, I don't actually have any that have exactly what you're talking about. I mean, there are a few that I have that have, like, pictures in them or whatever. Like, okay. I mean, we have decision points here, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, we there. Got, yeah. So, so it looks like they put pictures in ebooks and when you read on the iPad or of a tablet. But on a Kindle, that's not the case. No, it can't be done on any of the e-ink ones. I right. mean, I can, but it's going to look really crummy. Is that adding anything? I mean, I mean, when I buy books from the Apple iBookstore, most of my books don't have any know, kind of yeah any you know whatsoever and when i if, if i'm gonna read anything 
it's going to be it, – I read a lot of articles and stuff, and that's all black and white. So to me, there's no big deal if I were to get the e-reader or the Kindle or what have you. There's no fundamental difference. Right. So that being said, there should also be no fundamental difference in price. Like uh, uh, for me anyway. For for my purposes, if I wanted to buy a book from either Amazon or, I, or Apple or wherever it is, a book should be – you know, depending on how long the pages are, depending on how long the, or what author it is, or when did it come out, that's the way pricing really works. Right. So. I'm still the thing I'm having a little trouble getting over is I don't mind paying 99 cents for a song because it's 99 cents, but I'm paying 10 dollars something that I can't interact with like a game, like a like a game on the iPad where you're actually like using your thumbs and really getting interactive with it. I'm paying for some words to be on a page well what's worth more to you i mean that's that's an interesting that's that's kind of what it's really getting at though yeah because you know to you a game is worth more it seems like it's worth more right but a book takes years to produce no Sometimes I, it definitely longer. is probably longer than i mean it probably took them longer to write some of these books than it did to make a lot of these games and that's what you're paying for you're paying for the intellectual property of the person and taking that time and all the edits and all the publishing and all the well you're not paying for the printing I mean that's that's the beauty of selling things online. That's why Apple can make thirty million dollars in one day off of the distribution of software. Well, yeah, line. Because yeah, in line. That's what I'm referring to. So, and that's that's why they can make it so cheap. So why aren't ebook publishers making their books? I mean, is ninety nine nine ninety nine pretty cheap? Well, it is kind of. But if you but go if to you a reseller, or if you go to Amazon, you can buy books for twenty exactly. cents. Exactly. Those paperbacks. I mean, that's that's the problem. When I know that I can buy the same book for a quarter that I'm paying $15 for every now and then in the iBooks. And store. I think digital's great, but how much does it cost to make a Kindle, really? It probably only costs like 30 to 40 bucks. Yeah, I see I don't ever buy the argument uh, that it's cheaper necessarily to own the eBooks in the long run. There are certain pros to having eBooks. Oh, definitely. I mean, especially in the form of like in the textbook realm, like it's it's a lot better for your back. You're not going to have as much with you. I mean, I, what what are your thoughts on e-textbooks? Have you I mean, I, I... Well, unfortunately, most of the e-textbooks I want aren't available. Yeah. They, they are there. Or I can't do the cool things that you can do with an actual textbook. Like sometimes I, I remember one of my biology classes back in the day. It was loose leaf paper books. Oh, wow. Nice. So the entire thing was 800 pages of loose leaf paper that I could pull out a chapter a day and bring it around with me. I guess that's binder. how my, I took a class in the business school where you just put it in a binder because it came in a big like blue ring. Like, exactly. Yeah. So you can't do that with an e-book. But what you can do, there are some really cool things. I don't don't get me wrong. I like ebooks a lot, but for the for the convenience of always having a hardcover copy to make quick to make quick edits and to make quick make quick queries for the dictionary and stuff like that, you can't beat that. Right, right. So. And I mean, I'm fortunate in the sense that I a lot of my readings are from PDFs and things like that. So you've got right, plenty same. of apps that are I annotate. You can just really mark the heck out of them and. And I think it does really well. Same. But I, but then the other thing about reading like an ebook or reading a what when you read an article, you may want to copy and paste some of the text out of that. Can't do that with an ebook. That's true. Now unless that's of true. course Apple or whoever makes a tablet says when you copy it, you can send text to yeah. email or send text. Yeah. Now that would be huge. It would. That I mean, would be. That's just one simple extra thing of a code that they could add in that would make ebooks. But worth intellectual my while property in and things ways. like that, and that might be why they can't do it. I and mean, maybe there's a patent. <laughs> maybe there's a patent for that. And I mean, on that note, 
we right. probably have patents where we can't talk anymore. It's it's true. So until next time, thanks for listening. If you'd like to sponsor this show, please visit our website, www.weeklydownload.com, and click on the sponsorships links for more information. Until next time, I'm Tarun Gangwani, and that's Chris Robbins. Thanks for listening. <laughs>